Playing by the uncertainties of our modern world, life can seem awfully bleak at times. In our search for purpose, meaning, and certainty, most of us would love to have an inkling of what lies ahead, to have even a glimpse of tomorrow today. In our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today, we share from the Bible a wonderful blueprint of hope, which reveals that God wants us to live an abundant life and that he has an amazing future planned for us. All right. Welcome to our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Merrick Brown. Listen, thank you always for joining me on this journey of hope. I always want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and to share these messages of hope wherever you listen, with your family, with your friends, your co-workers, and, and just all who you meet in life's journey. So if I were to ask you, what is humanity's greatest enemy? What would you say? Uh, perhaps you might say maybe wars or pandemics, uh, maybe poverty, uh, discrimination, injustice, uh, terrorism, uh, equality, corruption, and of course the list could just go on and on, right? Uh, it could just go on and on. But but perhaps the, the greatest enemy, right? Perhaps the greatest enemy of the human race is death, right? No doubt, I believe that death is the greatest tragedy of our fallen human existence. It's just the greatest thing, right? There's no escaping death. Uh, sooner or later, death sneaks upon us all, right? And, and snatches us away in its deadly grip. Uh, the American novelist David Gerald once said, he said, life is hard. Then you die. Then they throw dirt in your face. Then the worms eat you, and he writes morbidly, be grateful it happens in that order. A famous Hollywood director once, once stated that, listen, I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. And so someone wrote here that death is so powerful that even before we die, it makes its presence felt among us through the physical, emotional, and psychological pain produced by sickness, uncertainty, and fear. And as a result, the quality of life is weakened and depression sets in you know the bible says that solomon uh is the uh, i mean apart from jesus right uh was the smartest man who ever lived and he wrote in the book of ecclesiastics in the bible in ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 5 to 6 he says the living know they will die but the dead know nothing they have no more further reward nor are they remembered he says whatever they did in their lifetime loving hating envying is all gone and he writes, they're no longer, I mean, they no longer play a part in anything here on earth. That is what Solomon says about the dead. Now, here's the good news in all this, right? We are told from scripture, in the scripture, right, in the Bible, that Jesus came to our world in order to destroy the power of death, which has had such a stranglehold over our lives, right? Now, this is absolutely good news, friends. This is good news. This is what Jesus came to do. Uh, we read it there in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, and onwards, it says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. And he says, only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying, right? Friends, God very much understands the, the, the pain, the hurt, the anger, and the fear that death brings. He understands the hurt that families feel when they are separated from a loved one by death. It's true, right? Of course, we read in the book of John chapter 11, verse 35, that when his friend, when Jesus' friend Lazarus died, we are told that Jesus wept right? Jesus cried. 
And so Jesus went to the cross for us because it hurts and pains him uh, of, of what death has done to our lives. Uh, because of his death on the cross, Jesus has forever, and this is good news, right? Jesus has forever broken the power of eternal death over the lives of all humans who choose to believe in him. So, of course, uh, Jesus died within hours after being nailed to the cross, something that was probably rare among crucifixion victims. He probably died of a broken heart because of the sheer mental agony brought on by, you know, humanity's sin. Amazingly, though, the good news here is that after he had laid down his life for us, three days later, we are told that Jesus took it up again, right? He rose from the dead. Today, my, my friends, listen, today the most wonderful news that has echoed and reverberated throughout the corridors of history is that Jesus of Nazareth has risen from the dead. Jesus is alive, right? The one who was crucified for us more than uh, 2,000 years ago, he is alive and he holds tomorrow in his hands. Do you believe that? Right, the ancient tomb in in Israel, where the crucified Savior of the world was once laid, is empty. That's good news because Jesus has risen and He rose from the dead. So, how do we know this? Right? Uh, can we prove in any way that Jesus actually rose from from the dead? Well, we have. We can draw certain evidence uh, from the Bible itself. Now, think of this. Now, after His crucifixion. And burial, his, his closest followers, I mean, his disciples, they hastily retreated to an upper room apartment in Jerusalem and hid themselves there. They, I mean, they were fearful of, of, of the Jews. I mean, they were scared they were going to be crucified too, right? Uh, in fact, earlier when they had gone to the Garden of Gethsemane with, uh, with, uh, with Jesus to pray, they had all forsaken him when the Jewish authorities showed up to arrest Jesus. Uh, of course, later that morning, when uh, he was identified publicly as one of Jesus' followers, Peter right, of all persons with, with much uh, cursing and swearing, denied that he had, he had any connection whatsoever with Jesus. Uh, and so during Jesus' darkest hour on earth, when he was persecuted and slaughtered by the Romans, I mean, his closest friends and followers, they turned out to be a bunch of unbelieving cowards in that moment. Yet still, right, still just 50 short days uh, later, right, and, and, and in the face of threats of imprisonment, uh, torture, and, and death for believing in the risen Jesus, this same Peter, along with the other disciples, they were boldly proclaiming to all Jerusalem and the world that Jesus of Nazareth had risen from the dead. Now, now what could have happened to the disciples that caused such a, a radical shift in their outlook and disposition? Uh, why were at this point, I mean, some 50 days later, they were not fearful, right? So the, the, the most logical and credible explanation for their behavior is that they had seen the risen Jesus as they claim, right? Because that, that was what they were preaching. That was what they were proclaim, uh, uh, proclaiming like 50 days later, right? And so what else could have caused such a, a radical, a dramatic shift in their outlook, right? It must be that they had seen the risen Savior, the risen Jesus, as they claim. You know, the New Testament expert uh, Gary Habermas notes that the resurrection of Jesus was the, the, the central proclamation of the early church from the very beginning, right? This is a message that the disciples uh, began to proclaim from the very beginning there, beginning there in the first century, right? So the earliest Christians, they didn't just endorse Jesus' teaching, right? They were convinced that they had seen, uh, he seen him alive 
after his crucifixion. And because they had seen their risen Lord, these 21st, or well, actually first century disciples, they were willing to die for what they knew to be true. And many of them actually did, right? So Jesus told his disciples that though they would experience great sorrow, right, and disappointment at his death. I remember if we read the Gospels, the, the disciples were despondent. I mean, they were so sad, right, because they had forgotten Jesus' words, right? He had told them, listen, their sorrow would be turned into great joy, right? And he says, I, I mean, before his death, he was telling them, there in John chapter 16, verse 22, he told him, listen, now is your time of grief. Because, you know, Jesus was telling them that, listen, I'm going to go away and he was going to go to the cross. And he says, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice. And he says to them, he told them, listen, uh, and no one will take away your joy. Now, listen to me. Believers should never allow anyone to take away the great hope and joy they have in a risen Savior. Now, here's the deal. Now, why is it so important for Christians today to have the assurance that Jesus rose from the dead, that Jesus is alive? Well, the answer is that is this, right? It comes down to this, that the risen, uh, the resurrected Jesus is the Christian's guarantee that if he or she dies believing in Christ, they will be raised from the dead to eternal life at the second coming of Jesus. Listen, that's, that's just it in a nutshell, right? That is the Christian's hope, right? That we will be raised uh, to life um, at the second coming of Christ, right? Now, here's the deal. If it turned out that Christians worshipped a dead Messiah, then following Jesus of Nazareth would be the greatest hoax of all time, uh, a pointless and futile exercise. Uh, I mean, what would be the point of following Jesus if he, if he never rose from the dead? right? If he never had power over death. Uh, the Apostle Paul himself, you know, he was a former skeptic turned uh, prosecutor. You can read about that in the Old Testament. Uh, I mean, he persecuted the old church. Uh, he became convinced that Jesus uh, had rose from the dead. Uh, and so writing to believers in Corinth, he told, uh, and this is in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17 to 19, uh, Paul says, listen, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. That's what Paul says. You are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost, Paul says. He says, if your hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world, he says. Right? And, and, and so that's what Paul writes there in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 19. Now, while he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, uh, and the Isle of Patmos is in the uh, somewhere there uh, in 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 the Aegean Sea, right? Uh, John reports uh, in the book of Revelation that he saw the resurrected Jesus, and this is what Jesus tells him, right? And I just love this, and you find this in the book of Revelation, the very last book of the Bible, in Revelation chapter one, verse seventeen. Uh, he sees Jesus, and Jesus says to him, "Listen, don't be afraid." He says, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. He says, I died, but look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I love this part. I love what Jesus says here. He says, and I hold the keys of death and the grave, 
Friends, this is good news from Patmos, that Jesus lives. Jesus is alive, right? He has power over death and the grave. He's the only one who has life-giving power over death. And, 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 and this promise, there's a promise, you know, that um, in, in, in John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26, that, that Jesus said, you know, they were very unhappy. It was Mary and Martha, their, their brother Lazarus had died. And, and, and Jesus said to Martha there in, in John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26, uh, he says, Listen, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Jesus says, even after dying, right? He says he has power over death. And he says, and everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Wow. This is one of the greatest promises in scripture. This is one of the greatest promises. This is the believer's hope. This is the Christian's hope. Uh, someone once said that, you know, we don't have to be afraid of tomorrow. We don't have to be afraid of the future because God is already there. Friends, we don't have to be afraid of the future because if we know Jesus intimately, if we are in a relationship with him, it is our privilege as it is our privilege to know him, right? We can rest in the assurance that one day we will spend a glorious eternal existence with him. We'll have a glorious eternal existence with him. Uh, Jesus will raise us up right from the dead at the last day into a glorious future that he has already prepared for us right i mean paul tells us paul says right i think it's in the uh, first uh, corinthians 15 also he says death is swallowed up in victory paul says death will be swallowed up in victory friends that is so much good news you know one of my absolute and i have so many favorite songs right so many favorite hymns and songs that i've learned as a believer over the years and one of my absolute favorite songs is is one written by um bill and gloria gaither and it goes something like this well i'm just i'm not gonna sing it right i'm just gonna just say the words here he says god sent his son they called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He bled and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And he says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because Jesus lives friends because he lives we can face tomorrow paul says he writes there in second uh, timothy chapter 1 verse 10 uh, that jesus broke the power of death and has illuminated the way of life and immortality this is the greatest news of all times friends this is the greatest news of all time this same jesus the one who is risen from the dead is more than able to free us from a life of sin misery disappointments and death jesus loves us and he wants for you and i to get to know him better to have a relationship with him why not if you have not yet done so invite him to come into your life today you know uh this same jesus the risen savior tells us in the book of jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 to 14 that he has plans for us 
you know, Jesus has eternal plans for us because he wants us to, be, to have that eternal life um, with him. He says, listen, I know what I've planned for you. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, he says. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. When you call out to me and come to me in prayer, I will hear your prayers. If you seek me with all of your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you. That is what God is saying to us today. That is what the risen Savior is saying to us today, friends. My friends, uh, this God of love has planned an amazing future for us. My hope is that you will come to trust him more and more in a life of faith. He is able to free us, right, from all our sinful struggles, right? He is able to um, journey with us so that we can be overcomers in the end. I promise you, if you turn over your life, if you choose to, to walk with Jesus, this risen Savior who's in the world today, your life will never be the same. Listen, I always want to encourage you uh, as I part uh, to, to like, to subscribe, and to share this podcast wherever you listen. And to send me an email. My email address is uh, knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com, knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. If you have additional questions, if you have prayer requests, uh, I mean, I could actually send you a book stuff. Uh, there's a book that inspired this podcast. It's called Knowing Tomorrow Today, uh, Glimpses of the Future That Will Change Your Life. And, and if you email me, I'll send you a, a free book stuff bookstub so that you can download an online uh well electronic copy really of the book uh may god continue to bless you uh i'm eric brown until next time listen stay blessed and stay well